It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Today on the On Inquirer podcast, it's Michael Tulip's turn to talk Illini hoops, what he saw from Illinois during their 80-52 season opening win over Eastern Illinois. He talks about the good, which includes Dre Gibbs-Allhorn, Amani Hansberry, Luke Goody, the bench played pretty dang well in that one, and gave Illinois some life. Terrence Shannon uh, took over the game uh, midway through it, uh, which we kind of grown accustomed to. But he also talks about the bad, which includes the starters really not uh, performing very well to start that game and digging a hole and uh, why that could be a concern or not. He also dives into the big news of the week, which is Sincere Harris is redshirting. What does Mike make of that? Does he think Sincere Harris will be back with Illinois? Uh, and how does it impact Illinois for the season? Mike also dives into what he wants to see this Friday against Oakland, uh, which is a, a tough opponent, you know, from the, the mid-major level because they can score. And Greg Campy, who's been there for 40 years as the head coach, uh, has gotten some good players from the high-major level, turned them into stars at his level. That includes one Kendrick Nunn, uh, who went there after Illinois and, and blossomed into one of the top scorers in the country and eventually an NBA player. But Rocket Watts is there. Uh, and <laughs> Oakland has a player who basically shoots threes, 15 to 20 of them every game. And uh, he makes a significant amount of them. So this is a team that can make threes from beyond the arc. They could test Illinois because they tested Ohio State uh, in their opener, lost to the Buckeyes 79-74 in Columbus. So this is going to be a test for Illinois. Mike breaks that down. Uh, but we also dive into the 2024 recruiting class. What does he make of Merez Johnson? Jason Jackstis and Jace Butler and what they can mean for Illinois moving forward. That's all coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the Script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15 percent off your first order we all know you're wearing a line eye gear so if you're in need of a refresh we really think that you should check out home field apparel which has the best designs and these shirts guys are really comfortable their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each concept there's really nothing else on the market like what home field is doing you can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code alina 23 for 15 percent off your first order at homefieldapparel.com 
From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Time to catch up with a guy, Michael Tulip, our weekly chat, and we get to talk about a game. And games, Michael Tulip, as Illinois defeats Eastern Illinois 80-52. to We'll ask you about Sincere Harris deciding to redshirt a rare thing these days, uh, especially in the age of the portal, uh, and what goes from there, how that impacts the team. But uh, not not a great start. The, the starters looked like uh, didn't have they um, – like they got up for this one as much as they got up for Kansas, Mike. How does that happen? Like, take me into the the mind of a player there. I, I was really curious to see how they would come out. It's just it's so unique to get that type of litmus test in October, pass it, and then go into the easier competition in non-conference. So it's, I, I thought it was a great test. How are you going to come out? And they did not pass that test in the first five, 10 minutes. And we know how important that is against those type of non-conference opponents. Because if you let them feel like they're in it in the first five minutes, they feel like they're in it. And there's a few guys on the Illinois team that should know better than that. Marcus Damas, Justin Harmon, you've been those guys. You know the the type of effort that you play with. You want to knock off the big dog. So, uh, and there were just a lot of, a lot of, just a lot of reactive um, play on the glass, defensively, offensively. Um, so yeah, that was concerning. I thought it was a wake up call for, for a lot of guys, because you do that against Marquette, you're getting ran off the floor. Mm -hmm. They're pouncing on you and they're staying on you. Uh, those loaded mid-major teams, eventually, if you just keep swinging away, even if it's 10 minutes into the game, you can regain the lead. You can take the lead. You can run away with it. But, um, but yeah, I, I thought they figured it out in the second half, late first half, and there was a reason for that. I thought some guys came in and gave them a boost. But, uh, yeah, I thought Brad Underwood sent a message in, in a few different ways to, to a few different guys that that's just not that's not going to fly this season. Yeah, I mean, Coleman Hawkins played 12 minutes, 13 minutes. Uh, Terrence Shannon didn't get going until late in the first half. But when he did, he took over the game. Um, what was most concerning for me, and what do you think the, this week of practice was like after that game? Yeah, I think it's – this week of practice should just reaffirm that you're you're nowhere near where you want to be. We said that last year after UCLA and Texas. I thought we were on that pretty early where it's like, yeah, I mean, but you still were down 15 mm -hmm. in those games. And then you had some superhuman performances that turned them around. Uh, but it was it was bad to start this one. Coleman Hawkins, I you know how big of a Coleman Hawkins fan I are fan I am. Coleman Hawkins was bad to start this game. I you know, he takes a ill-advised three with 15 seconds on the shot clock takes another bad one a couple possessions later he turns it over um on their second possession after he took the bad shot on their first possession and then you know where he really hangs his hat is with his iq and and uh and defensively and there were just a couple times where he's in drop coverage and he's just abandoning drop coverage they had a wide open layup at the beginning of that game and he just he just hugged his man and didn't didn't get into drop and wasn't fronting all the time as a, as a post guy. So that that type of stuff's concerning, and you can't have that lack of focus from, from that type of guy. And I think he knows that, and it's better to learn that in game one. Um, because the other thing about this team this year is there's more guys now. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't want to do your job, we got some other guys that are hungry and want to, uh, regardless of who you are. So I thought that was telling. I thought Brad Underwood 
he sent a message with with Coleman and Coleman's been mature over the years and has received it and usually has bounced back uh, but this week of practice it should just be you know let's 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 keep that hunger right whatever hunger you had going into Kansas mm-hmm. uh, just keep it consistent and uh, I'll be really interested to see how they how they bounce back against an Oakland team that has some talent. I mean, these are Rocket Watts. Everybody's familiar with him from Michigan State. He's well-traveled, uh, but a good player. That's the type of guys that they get. And they're just, you know, irrational confidence kind of guys. So if you let them stay in at the first five minutes, you, you're going to be in for you're going to be in for a game because they gave Ohio State a game. They gave Michigan a game a few years ago. This is what Oakland does. They have kind of retread high major guys, and uh, they just go out there and play free. All right. One really big positive from this game, of course, is freshman Dre Gibbs-Allhorn. Barely played against Kansas, uh, but uh, he showed a lot, um, both energy-wise and what he can do offensively, Mike. What stuck out to you with the freshman leading the team with 18 points, adding three rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block? What stood out? He was a big reason they took that lead. When he, when he came into the game, they were, they were still trailing by a considerable amount and just – it, w- it wasn't only the offensive jolt that he provided, but we'll, we'll break it down in the film, but just there, there were some things defensively that were really encouraging. Uh, now, I think it's one game, right? And that's what he has to fight as well, is, hey, man, you haven't arrived either. And the thing that I'm going to be monitoring throughout the season, because there's going to be a temptation with how talented he is and how athletic he is, there's going to be a temptation to put more on his plate. And can you fight that if you're the staff? Because I think you're you're getting a lot out of Dre Gibbs Lawhorn when you keep the main thing the main thing. And right now the main thing is come in, don't think, downhill, pressure on the defense, fly around defensively. Uh, once you start trying to put more on his plate and make him process and orchestrate and set the table, that's just a lot for a freshman. That you know, for a guy that that doesn't come naturally to. And he can make some of those plays at times, but. Um, can you fight that temptation if you're the staff? Because like I said, he's talented enough and he's athletic enough to warrant that. So, and look, but he's a, the, there were a couple, there were two instances in the game that I was really encouraged by. One was in the first half, he had just uh, had the tip in and then the layup in transition, four straight points. And we've seen this kind of barrage that he has. Uh, he scores in bunches. Uh, And then he gets a drift pass from, I think, Terrence Shannon. And Luke Goody is wide open on the one more. Like, wide open. But he's like, oh, man, I got it going. Catch, shoot. Um, Good shot. Great one is to Luke Goody. And right at the end of the half, uh, he gets the same exact play, drift pass. And this time he hits Luke Goody for the one more. Luke Goody hits a three. Super encouraging to to just see that. You know, maybe some guys told him. Luke Goody might have told him. And you're receptive and you can you can implement that in real time and then the second one was in the second half he's flying around and he tries man he tries defensively um you know he can be a little man conscious sometimes and that's what i worry about maybe long term when you have to be good in help and with with your man um but there was a time where he was flying around and he got kind of late to a closeout and he jumped to contest and the guy made a shot and he like threw his head back in the air and you don't want to make that a habit, those type of reactions, but I at least know that you care that you mm-hmm. got scored on. So that was also encouraging. But I'll, I'll tie this all in by saying you were a pest defensively. You had some great offensive rebounds. You were flying around. Are you doing those things when you don't have 
14, 16, 18 points. You don't have it cooking offensively. That's To me, that's the true test of the maturity of a freshman. A lot of guys can do it when they got it rolling offensively. But when you don't have it rolling offensively, are you still doing those other things? Because that's what's going to keep you on the floor. I loved uh, what you said about the staff keeping it simple. Because it reminds me of Jaden Epps' year last year. Jaden was really good when he was just go score, be downhill, go get go get buckets and, and be you. When he had to be point guard, that it, can be, it became a lot tougher for, for Jaden Epps. Yeah, there's just a lot more that you're putting on your shoulders. And honestly, it makes you it makes what Braden Smith does pretty impressive. Doesn't yeah. It? After you know him him managing that last year, and it wasn't perfect for Braden. And I know he's got an incredible uh, guy to throw it into sometimes. But uh, but yeah, you know Jaden, think about the start of the year, main event, that Virginia game. It's just it, it was very reminiscent of how Dre is used. I think Dre's more talented than Jaden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely more athletic. Yeah. Then Jaden, I think he plays with a little bit more fire than than Jaden. I mean, last year, and I don't want to do a whole like Jaden Epps thing, but the thing was like, oh man, look how even keel he is. And then all of a sudden, like you get to being the point guard, you're like, okay, maybe a little too even keel. <laughs> uh, let's show something. And I think Dre Dre has that. So if he if he if he did ever get down the road into a leadership position, he can probably be a vocal guy and bring guys along, but. You also feel like you have to probably temper that at some points mm-hmm. with, with Dre because he does get he does get pretty pretty fired up. But absolutely, I think you have to to keep things simple for him. I think that's that's the way you're going to get the most out of him, uh, especially this year. And then you know maybe next year you start to put a little bit more on his plate. You give him an off season doing that stuff. I mean that's that that should be the natural progression thing. So you don't want to put the cart before the horse with him. And uh, yeah. he got off to a great start, but. Shoot, we got 30-plus more of these, and he's, he's got to bring it every night. Yeah, I don't know if we need to break down Terrence Shannon and his takeover, uh, which, which happens. We, we know how good he is, and I'd like to see him start the, start the game off that way. That's that's a continual conversation. But the bench, not not just Dre Gibbs-Wallhorn, seemed to give energy. Uh, I thought Dane Danger could have gotten more touches from his teammates, but uh, I thought he brought something. And Luke Goody, man, uh, I, I don't want to overlook what, what he can mean to a team, especially coming off a bench in a team that was – really struggling to shoot early on he got him going a little bit yeah and luke when you look at luke as like a sixth or seventh guy on this team that's a pretty darn good sixth or seventh guy and look he's not he may never be like an all big 10 type of guy but but very similar to a jacob grandison he could be a reason why you you win a big 10 title because he comes in it's not about him he makes shots. He is in the right place defensively. He competes, and and that getting that type of effort on a night to night basis last year it really stuck out because mm-hmm. you just there were guys that were inconsistent with it. But he is he is so consistent with it. So um, it's a reason why he plays. It's a reason why you know when Coleman Hawkins isn't isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing, then you can move things around and have a guy like Luke Goody playing the four or having him in different spots. Uh, that's just the the type of talent and, and toughness that you have from some of these guys in this team and and Luke Goody is, is no exception he uh you know he's said it for three years now we're going on going on three years you just really like what he brings to the table because um you know it's what every team every winning team needs I know a lot of these minutes came late I know it came against an Eastern Illinois team that is not that big uh, outside of Jermaine Hamlin um but Amani Hansberry, every time he's he's played, man, he's he's made an impact, especially on the glass. Seven points, eight rebounds in fourteen minutes. Can he get a role on this team this year? What does that look like, Mike? I think he can. Um, 
he probably needs some other things to happen. He doesn't necessarily control his own destiny on that. Now he controls the things that he does every day, but just by way of Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger, you probably need, you know, you need Dane Danger to probably not do what he's supposed to do. Or if Dane Danger gets disgruntled with Coleman Hawkins getting a lot of minutes at the five, that that could be an opportunity for him. But the encouraging thing is it looks like it doesn't matter to Amani. And yeah. and I say that not in a negative way. I just think that regardless of if you put him in for two minutes or you put him in for 10 minutes, you're getting the same Amani Hansberry. And um, there's a lot of value in that. And I think there's there's a certain trust that that staffs have as well. And I, I think I, I was talking to Bardo about this a couple of weeks ago, but there is a emotion and a feeling that you give a coach when he locks eyes with you when he looks down the bench. And it's either a feeling of trust or it's a feeling of, I, I don't know if I want to put this guy in in this moment. And the more you're a guy that does what you're supposed to do, like Amani Hansberry is, the more you're going to have those moments where where you're relied upon if someone's in foul trouble or if it's a late game. And we just need, hey, how can we get some effort? Can we, need, we need more rebounding. I mean, that's he, he fills a lot of those different holes. Um, now it's it can be marginal at times, but um, but that's what you need. You need these guys and everybody playing their respective roles to try to get the most out of your team. So uh, really encouraging. I want to see him do it against better competition. The idea is that he's going to improve just like Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, that uh, when, once the competition increases, you also are you know increasing your uh, ability as a high major player, as a player on this Illinois team. So uh, I'm pretty excited to to monitor that and see what he can do with, with the minutes that he gets this year. This episode of the Illini Inquirer podcast is presented by Underdog Sports. We see a lot of you are downloading Underdog Sports, using the promo code, and having fun, which we love to see. If you haven't already checked out Underdog Sports, be sure to do so. It's super easy to use. You go on the app, go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed. For example, Travis Kelsey, he's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards, and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business if you go five for five you can 20x your money so sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 there are a lot of fantasy companies out there but we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry you must be 18 or older and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org the biggest news out of this game probably mike was the guy who didn't play sincere harris we're wondering why the game uh he wasn't playing and afterwards uh brad underwood says that he wants to redshirt um you know it's rare. So when, when things are rare, you get a little skeptical of what, what's going to happen here. Is Sincere Harris going to be part of the long term? But what do you make of this? Uh, if Sincere decides to redshirt and, you know, whether it's for Illinois or not, but I think Jaden Shutt is doing this at Duke as well. Um, he's going to redshirt and develop, and we'll, we'll see whether these guys stay or not. But uh, what do you make of this decision for Sincere Harris? I have a lot of thoughts about it. Um, <laughs> I, I I just – one, I think it's the right move just for him and his development. There's, I don't think there's any question about that. I think there was always going to be someone that was the odd man out this year. And I'm not saying that that's sincere, but 
It felt like that was once Justin yeah. Harmon, Drake. Yeah, that felt yeah. like he I mean, could be one. So, so I get it. I get it from his perspective. But the reason why I think you hear people say, "Oh man, you just don't see this nowadays," is because the 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 natural pecking order of a roster in college basketball has changed. And before, if you redshirt your sophomore year with the idea of, "Hey, Damash, Shannon, Harmon, they're going to be gone next year," I just there's a lot of risk involved with that. Because there isn't this escalator of of uh, pecking order in on college basketball rosters anymore. It's not, hey, the freshmen and sophomores learn behind the juniors and seniors, and then the juniors and seniors leave, and then the freshmen and sophomores become those junior and seniors, and then the you know the cycle repeats itself with guys that we bring in. You could lose Damask and Shannon and Harmon, but the nature of college basketball says they're going to go out and get some more transfers. Mm-hmm. That's just going to happen. So you can you can take a year off and and I think you're spending it with a guy in Adam Fletcher that's better than anyone in the country at develop. I say that I I was around him. I'm not I'm not the easiest guy to put mass onto or or have me fill out. He made me looking like a damn MMA fighter, <laughs> and I was more athletic than I ever was. I was dunking. I was you know it's it's there's a lot of value for him doing this, but the risk involved is. You don't know what that roster is going to look like next year. So you could be the odd man out this year, but when Dre gives Lawhorn, some of these guys come back, you go and get some guys out of the portal. What's it look like? I know Brad said after the game, hey, he's a 10-minute-per-game guy that could be a 25-minute-per-game guy. Could be. But if we go out and reload in the portal like they have, and this Illinois team has done a really good job of that. And they will again. And they will. Yeah. And and so what, is that, what does that look like? Because for me, it was sincere. It's less about hey, he needs to put weight on. Sure. I mean, I think there's things that he's he's quick enough. He can overcome some things just by the, how hard he plays and all that. But, you know, if he wants to maximize who he is as a basketball player, he's got to remove some of the stubbornness from his game. And you aren't the best shooter right now, and you continue to take threes. And, again, I've mentioned this. Ty Rogers understands who he is, and there's a reason why Ty Rogers is playing a lot. Um is the more that you find out your identity and the more that you're true to that, the more you can play to your strengths and the more you you give yourself an opportunity to be on the floor. So I think it goes beyond the weight room person yeah. sphere. And, and I say that, I really like the kid. And that's that's why I'm not trying to, you know, demean him at all or or, or you know, throw shade at his game. I, I think he's I think he's a good player. Um there's just there's certain things that if he wants to be on the floor more consistently. I think those are the things that that he has to do. So I'm interested to see. I mean, I I redshirted. It, it was a little bit unique. It was my senior year. I was I wanted to graduate. I wanted to be in Illini for life, and then I wanted to go test myself um, in my fifth year. He could leave after the season. I mean, let's call it what it is. He absolutely could. Could leave midseason if you could leave midseason. Like you just you don't you don't know, and um, yeah. So that's those are a few different thoughts that I have about it, but. You know, you just time will tell. Yeah, I want I want to get to the Illini side of this thing, but um, I mean, for him, it, it makes sense. Like he has got options now. I mean, to to have a hundred minutes in a season feels like it could be a waste of a season for him in the long term, with what he wants to do. So maybe if he stays through the spring, then he's can look and see what Illinois does and decide if he wants to add the, go to the portal or not. But losing Shannon and Domask, Illinois is going to be big game hunting. Like they are going to be hunting for a star wing, right? Um, so that that is clear. 
But uh, so maybe he can see that. Maybe he gets better and decides he wants to stay. Illinois sees what he does in practice. I think he'll be a very good practice player for Illinois over the next several months. Um, but then there's the Illinois side of this, Mike, is it was a, a nice thing to have sincere Harris as an option off the bench is just this defensive energy guy. So how does this impact the team without sincere Harris? I think it impacts it because we saw games last year where he kind of single-handedly came in and turned the tide. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think the UCLA game comes to mind where he just, his energy and his effort, but you know, that energy and effort shouldn't stick out as much if you have a team full of guys that play with energy and effort. So now, like we talked about, if the energy and effort is all level across the board, now you get into some of the real, you know, is he facilitating? Can he shoot the ball? Is he a floor spacer? Is he, you know, and and those aren't necessarily his strengths. So I think Sincere was always going to be a guy, if he didn't improve on those things, he was always going to be a guy that was good in those spurts. Yep. Right? But I think if you ask Sincere, he wants to be more than a spurt guy. And that's clear as day with him redshirting. Yeah. There's there's no question. Because I think he could still be that in certain ways this year. But I, I, I've I been I've been like blown away by Nico Moretti, but I do like what he brings as like a kind of third option as a point guard. You know, he makes good reads. Um, he, he's not a, a poor shooter. Uh, Justin Harmon plays plays hard and is in the right spot and is an, is an older, more experienced guy. And then if Dre Gibbs Lawhorn is going to play, like I said, with that type of intensity and and that type of just fire on a night night to night basis, even when he doesn't have it going offensively, which is key, um, then I just don't, I don't really know where the minutes are. Um, and I think, I think what's good is, you know, it's, it's the Eric Musselman theory. And I think I've talked about it before. We want, you know, he structures his rosters very deliberately. Now it's kind of changed over the years because he just goes and he's just, he's waving everybody home. Come on in. Um, But he has, you know, hey, we got our eight guys that are playing and then we want, you know, we want three guys that are walk-ons and three guys that are red shirts. And that's just how he structures it because eight, nine, 10, or really nine, 10, 11, those are the guys that can kill your locker room. Yeah. Just are. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that would have been sincere, but it's hard for guys who haven't been in that position who are getting DNPs or, you know, feeling like they could be playing more. And then you start to try to pull guys with you. You know, you got the 10th, 11th guy telling the eighth or ninth guy he's getting screwed. And, you know, that it's you want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think by having that type of structure of your roster, you certainly do avoid that. But, um, you know, overarching thought is that yes he could have helped this team and in different ways this year but they're much more equipped to be without him than than they were last year so let me ask you this mike i mean 2021 illinois is one guy left from those three prep prospects right uh in in luke goody 2022 only one of the four guys they signed is going to make an impact on this team and that's ty rogers is that a concern of yours um I think, I guess, yes and no. Yes, because you always want to retain those type of guys. Um, but no in the sense that, you know, if they if they weren't doing well in the portal, it'd be, it would probably be a bigger issue. Right. But, you know, I, I think that's just, it's just kind of the nature of college basketball now. And I think maybe seeing that type of turnover over the years 
could change the way that you recruit where of course you want to go out and get the five stars and you know the four and a half stars four stars type guys but hey there's a lot of guys when you look around the country that were three stars and just really fit what you want to do and that there's just there's a different expectation for guys that come in it's like hey you know, we really like the way you play you fit into our system as opposed to hey you know you're a five-star guy and now you think you're going to the league and you want the ball in your hands you want to do this and you want to do that and it's just it's really hard to mix those guys in with transfers and knocking out of the park in the portal it's just that's a really tough mix and there's going to be some drop off there just is um now i think what you're seeing you know another element of that too and, and maybe this is like a separate side tangent but i think they're starting to see a lot of value in getting like i said this was a while ago you and i did this on the pod but getting the mid-major guys yep because there is a different type of expectation and when you go and get a high major guy like i said months and months ago you go get a high major guy it's what can i get here that i wasn't getting there and it's always ball in my hands more they didn't want me to be a point guard i want to be a point guard here i want to do this do that it's things that they weren't getting, whereas the mid-major guys are like, I want to test myself at the highest level. I want to play in the NCAA tournament. And they can fit in the roles better. So, I don't know. That's a roundabout way of, of answering that that question. But No, that's um, nuanced. I, I think you're right. Because like this year, I think Illinois would rather have Marcus Domas than R.J. Melendez. And R.J. might have a good year at Georgia. But he just he fits better. And as long as you are upgrading or filling those holes, I, I think you're fine. And I think Illinois has largely done that. No, I, I agree. And it, we'll see if the trend continues. Uh, the idea is that, you know, you got Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn and Amani Hansberry and yeah. Nico Moretti. And I think if you retain all those guys going into next year, that's a that's just a huge, huge plus. Because just the way any program works, if you, bring, if you bring guys into the fold that have been around and that understand your culture and you're not having to build from the ground up every single yeah. year. Now, I think Brad Underwood's done a pretty good job with it um again i think they overachieved last year given how young they were and bringing in guys from the portal and there was just there was there were so many new guys um but you do want carryover it's why luke goody we talked about him yep. you know 10 minutes ago why he's so stable in his role and and gives you a, a comfort as a coach because you know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis so yeah man I, it's 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 why the offseason and why everybody's so into the portal um, and why everybody's so into who's leaving, who's not leaving, because it can truly shape your program. It can shape uh, what the outlook of your team looks like. All right, Mike, uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you, speaking of signing classes, uh, Illinois signs Merez Johnson, top 40 prospect. You get Jason Jackstis, uh, developmental in-state big man, and then Jace Butler, three-star guard out of California, bigger body, 6'4". What do you make of those guys? I think they all fit what you want to do. I think Merez, I mean, Merez is regardless – yeah, every program in the country would would want Merez. There's no question about it. And 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 credit him for just sticking with it, right? Those you 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 get worried sometimes with super early signees mm-hmm. or super early commits because there's just back in your day more, they were all committing early, Mike, and now it's it's a rarity. Yeah, yeah, because there's just there's more bad than good that can happen, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, but he stuck with it. I feel like I always see him at games. Which is which is a good sign, and he seems to already be immersed in what they want to do. And and then he's also a guy that you bring in, and he's 
low maintenance in the sense of he can make a big impact without having to touch the ball a ton. Um, but if he does touch the ball, he can also make a big impact. So you want guys like that. And then, you know, the other two, I think, Phil, what you want to do, um, particularly with Jace, uh, that is a bigger – I think Brad Underwood touched on it, um, talking about, you know, Dre and some of these other guys are, are smaller guards. And now you get to maybe put them alongside a, a, a bigger – bigger body and and you know he's a guy that can that can shoot it a little bit and he can operate in ball screens and uh he has good feel you start to see there's there's a theme with this i think the the long and versatile theme was was prevalent in like 22 and then now it's like hey it's you know we can do more if we have guys that that know how to play basketball and know how to play it regardless of what team they're on or who they're playing with so uh, i think all three will will bring a lot to the table all right, Mike, what do you want to see against Oakland uh, heading into a huge matchup against Marquette? A better start, for sure. Um, you know, you can't you can't wait around when the ball comes off the rim. You And, and I'll say this, too. I'm going to try to articulate this the best way I can because it's a thought I've been having just watching them against Kansas and then watching them against, um, against Eastern Illinois. But did you notice how the cutting and – the movement off the ball was better against Kansas than it was against Eastern Illinois. And there's something about when you have bigger, stronger defenders on you, you're almost forced into those cuts. It's just a way for you to shake free. It's a way to, as opposed to you having to actively think about it where it's like, Hey, I'm going to make this cut. Not because like if you do it against Kansas, because you know, it's going to free you up. You do it against Eastern Illinois, knowing that it might not free you up, but it's just good offense. So when those avenues aren't obvious, still make the cuts. There's a toughness associated with with offense, and especially when you want to have an offense predicated on feel and movement and cutting as opposed to what I saw against EIU was was probably more ball screens than they wanted to set. I don't think they want to be a heavy ball screen team. Mm -hmm. They, They want to be cut movement away screens flares slips that's the team they want to be but if you're going to be that team you have to make cuts and do these things regardless of whether or not you're being forced into them or not so that's what i want to see because it was it was just it was reminiscent of last year to mm-hmm. start that game just like four guys standing around the arc and no one moving clogging up lanes it's like ah just somebody make a cut it was all dre gives all we'll we'll do the we'll do the yeah. film he made a few good ones and Harmon made a few good ones and um yeah i mean it's just you you have to have you have to bring that every single game uh regardless of the opponent eliminate the autopilot possessions yeah. that's that's what you got to do um because now heading into big 10 play and that's what's been fun too seeing some of these <laughs> seeing some of these other teams start off start off their seasons but um but yeah, that's that's what I want to see because and, and then just better, you know, more focus and and proactivity defensively, and and you'll get off to better starts and feel a little bit more settled. Yeah, if if it becomes a trend of these slow starts against the lower major teams, I will start to get very concerned. Yeah. Uh, it is one game, and we saw this across the Big Ten, Mike. Uh, this was not just an Illinois issue. Ohio State against Oakland, uh, we saw Michigan State, of course, with their loss uh, to Florida Gulf Coast and uh, Rutgers losing as well. I mean. It's it's kind of this is why you have these bye games early. It just you wish you didn't have to do that with a team that has so many veterans. Yeah, no, I and you, it's amazing seeing just across the Big Ten. Sometimes you get so focused on Illinois' struggles or Illinois' successes that 
getting that full Big Ten picture is always always important because there's right now it looks like Purdue's kind of in a class of their own. Yeah. Um, and I get it, it was Samford, but uh, but I just if Braden Smith and, and Fletcher Lawyer are going to take those those big leaps, that that team becomes even more dangerous. So I know I said before, like, hey, you know, Purdue, you know, Illinois might be closer to that top and Maryland's kind of up there too. I thought Michigan was impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's UNC Asheville. So, right. you know, what are they going to look like against against some of these other teams as well? Um, and then Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I think, broke a school record for for points in a game, non-con game. But I'm looking at AJ Store and I'm like, have they had anyone like that since Michael Finley? Right. Uh, right? Like a, like a kind of dynamic wing two guard um yeah it's it should be exciting this year uh, i know it kind of feels like the big 10 got the wind taken out of their sails with michigan state being so highly touted preseason and then losing to james madison you know how i feel about that I, i've been yeah. i've been i've been banging that drum since yeah and i forgot Indi- it was indiana for the gulf coast that they got pushed by so yeah i mean yeah two teams that i know you were really skeptical of michigan state i thought i was high on michigan state coming in and then I saw everyone else was even higher. So uh, I still thought they were going to be one of the top three or four teams, but maybe not. Maybe not. Indiana. I mean, they still they still could be. But if you if you watch that game against James Madison, the things that I've been talking about on the podcast or on radio, they were all on display. You, I, I truly think they lost their best player, mm-hmm. Joey Joey Hauser. When you when you talk about a forty five percent three point shooter and your leading rebounder, guy who's great positionally defensively. And when you're a heavy ball screen team, have not having a guy that can space it, you are putting a lot of strain on whether or not shooting the ball is going to dictate you winning games. And I, I, I said that because I, it's a seven seed from the NCAA. How many times are we going to keep doing this? Seven seed from the NCAA tournament that finished nine and nine last season, and we made them a top five team nationally. I, I don't. You did it to North Carolina two years ago. Eight seed, they go to the Final Four, they beat St. Peter's, and you're like, oh, wow, they return all these guys. Number one team in the country, and look how that season ended up. Did it to Indiana a year ago as well? Yeah, Indiana, same thing. The difference with Indiana is 9-11 and in the Big Ten, and then you, you know, I said it, I was like, well, we'll see how good Jalen Huchtefino and Malik Renu are. Yeah. And they were both super additive for them, and it, it raised their floor, it raised their ceiling. Michigan State, it's the same dudes. You didn't you didn't rely on fears a whole lot. You didn't you definitely didn't rely on Booker very much. Cohen Carr was was probably made one of the biggest impacts for freshmen, and he's just kind of like deer in the headlights, running around and and just an, an uber crazy athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Tyson Walker was insane. Right. Um, but we know about Tyson Walker. We know about AJ Hogger. We know about Maddie Sissoko and Jay Nakin. So, um, I think they get st- they're still right up there in the Big Ten, but certainly some some concerns that that we had talked about were, were on display they weren't good around the rim last year and i think they were 50 percent on layups in that game too yeah so we'll see we'll see how this plays out uh, we're gonna do a film room breaking down dre gibbs lawhorn but uh, michael too the next time we catch up on the podcast we're going to know a lot more about illinois with oakland and then marquette coming to town early next week thanks for the time as always man all right man appreciate it Great stuff as always from Michael Tulip. Always appreciate his insight as we get going in the season. Can't wait to catch up with him next week to discuss the Marquette game. We did have a great film room with Mike breaking down Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, the good, uh, some things he could work on, what Mike wants to see from Dre Gibbs Lawhorn moving forward. 
All right, appreciate you guys listening to the Illini Choir podcast. As always, give us a rating, review, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notifications bell as well. And check out Illini Choir. If you're not a VIP member and you're listening to this on Thursday, November 9th before 11 p.m., if you're not a VIP member, you can sign up for 50% off an annual subscription. And Michael Tulip's film room, Jay Layman's uh, film room, which I posted earlier today, and uh, all of the recruiting information. I, I enjoyed reading Derek Piper's insights, uh, scouting reports, spotlights on all three signees. I caught up with Merez Johnson. Uh, we're going to have more from Brad Underwood about building his roster uh, in the transfer portal era, how he kind of balances that, and uh, what he thinks of his three signees as well. So you can look forward to that. And, uh, of course, we've got a big weekend with an Atlanta basketball game against Oakland on Friday. We've got a big football game against Indiana on Saturday. And then Marquette comes to town to play Illinois basketball, a top-10 team coming to the State Farm Center on Tuesday. So sign up now. It's one of the busiest times of year, one of the best times of year to have a VIP membership. So sign up now for 50% off. All right, everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.